Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. everyone, and welcome to episode 436 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Hello, Adam. How's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Still at home. I'm getting to the point now where I'm like looking up the how to cut your own hair videos. <laughs> it's getting bad. I'm so like every time we've had a, a meeting or a podcast, I have a hat on because I have so much hair at this point. I don't know what to do. Um, uh, yeah, actually, yesterday I was having a conversation with one of our coworkers who also has pink hair. Um, not on our team, like not someone I usually interact with. She's downstairs. Um, and uh, yeah, we were talking about our poor pink hair, which is not as pink anymore. <laughs> it's one of the things about being in the book world like we are is like these friends that we have acquired who are authors and stuff. I feel like we have so many friends who have colored hair and I've seen every single one of them being like, my roots, my roots are so bad. Um, yeah, one of our people on our team cut his own hair and it actually looked really, really good. And I know mine wouldn't look good, which is why I'm holding off. But, um, so this, we're recording this on Wednesday for Thursday and this is fastly becoming my favorite time of the week is we bring in, we bring in two of our coworkers every time to talk about books. And so first off we have Megan and Rachel. Hello ladies. It's been a while since you've both been on. Yeah. Hey everyone. Megan, how you doing? You look frozen. I'll tell you what, we will, I'll edit this part out and we'll let Megan come back in in a second. But before we get to all of our book recommendations, we have a very special guest. So Rachel, would you like to tell us who's with you right now? Yes, with us today is 10-year-old Jack Cray, who is enjoying his homeschooling time here. So I thought we would have him pop on and give a recommendation of one of his favorite books. Okay, so Jack, take it away. My favorite, one of my favorite books is the book uh, Hatchet. Um, I really, I really like that book because it is like a survival story and has like lots of like plot twists and stuff like that. I loved Hatchet when actually I was about your age. Are you gonna read or have you read like the other ones in that series yet? Uh, no, I, I've only read Hatchet. Because there's. Rachel and maybe and Jill. It's Brian's Winter. I think there's one more, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's one with song in the title. I think. <laughs> I was a big fan of My Side of the Mountain as well. Yeah. Um, On that so, similar vein. Jack, did you read that for school or just for because you uh, found it and you wanted to read it? Just because I wanted to read it. Nice. That's, that's awesome. Um, All right, well, hopefully we can get you reading the rest of the books in the series while you're home yeah. before you go back to school. That'd be fun. So thanks for the recommendations of those guys. Yeah, thanks, Jack. I appreciate you coming on, buddy. You're welcome. And I loved seeing Hugo as well, yeah. which is Rachel's <laughs> yeah. cat. Yeah, as, as people who've listened to the last couple of weeks will know, we've done um, 
we've been doing video like people other people can't see the video but we are all we like to see each other's faces and we have now had children and cats and dogs in every episode which is just delightful so um Megan you froze before but how are you doing today I'm doing okay sorry yeah I'm I'm in a place I don't normally hang out during the day uh because my husband has corralled my one-year-old in another part of the house so hopefully I mean, she, we've been reading the same, like, six books, <laughs> and I love her, but dang. And I love rereading books, but if I have to read The Pout Pout Fish one more time. <laughs> the Pout Pout Fish? Yes. The Pout Pout Fish with a Pout Pout face, and he spreads the dreary wearies all over the place. Um, <laughs> it's by Deborah Dyson, or Deason. Uh, there are a bunch of them. We actually have it as a read-along. And I'm very tempted to just put it on, but you can't give a one-year-old an iPad because she just. I was like, going to say, is it, is, it, is it getting thrown or is it going like right in her mouth? Like, yeah. Or whatever. Like, especially FaceTime. I feel bad for everyone on the other side of FaceTime with her because she just waves the phone around and it's got to make you sick. But, <laughs> but yes, we've been reading that little blue truck, feminist baby, you know, got like she's got about six books that we read on repeat well we will get into the books that you and rachel and jill and i have been reading um i'm so glad jill that you had this idea to bring like two people on at a time because i still i have one book that i did it i pulled a jill that i'll get into later that i like leaned into everything finally but other than that um it's all old recommendations so uh, we'll just go around like we always do. Uh, we'll have these in the show notes. You don't need to write them down or anything. Um, Rachel, you want to kick us off with one of your recommendations? Yeah, sure. One that I actually just started reading yesterday because I honestly, when you guys asked me to be on here, I was like, you know how many books I've read since we've been home? Zero. <laughs> because that's about watching TV is about as much as I can handle between the homeschooling and working from home. <laughs> but I was like, there's been a book on my TBR list that I've been dying to read. And it was actually pretty perfect. It was called um, The Roxy Letters by Mary Pauline Lowry. And it just came out last week from Simon and & Schuster. And it reminds me a lot of Where'd You Go Bernadette, which I loved and thought was hilarious. And, but it's almost like a bridge, it has like Bridget Jones diary vibes too. So it's kind of a perfect, nice, fluffy, yet with a ton of substance read. And it's told through letters, which I think is a really interesting format to read. And I like those. And I'm only about halfway through it so far, but it's about a girl named Roxy who works at Whole Foods and lives in Austin, Texas. And it's sort of just about her daydreams and her trying to break into being more creative with her life and doing exciting things around Austin. And then she gets a new coworker at Whole Foods and a lot of stuff, you know, happens from there. And it's, it's been really good so far. So I'm definitely looking forward to finishing that and curious to hear what other people think of it. Nice. Yes. Mm -hmm. That also worked for our non-traditionally formatted books that we talked about last week for our professional book nerds challenge because it's epistolary epistolary is that technically yeah mm -hmm. yeah epistolary yeah and it's um it's about 300 pages but when i like reading books like this 
in you know the letter format because they're quick reads and you can pick it up for two minutes and put it down you don't have to because i'm not the kind of person that can stop in the middle of a chapter that's just against the rules for me i can't do it <laughs> so books like this are really great to just kind of pick up and put down so if i have five minutes where i feel like i have the mental capacity to read i can do it and then put it down <laughs> so it's been perfect lately I think that's my mindset currently as well. Um, Megan, you want to throw one out? I think you're either talking to a baby or a cat at the moment. Cat. <laughs> she, so I'm in my dining room and I have one door closed and another door is wide open. And she spent the beginning of this just staring at the one like on the other side of the door, like, how do I get in? And I'm like, dummy, you just walk around. <laughs> uh, so she has now figured out how to get into a room with an open door. Yay! <laughs> Uh, so yes, we have, I've, I've brought a stack of books downstairs, uh, featuring what's been, what's on Megan's nightstand right now. Oh my God. And we've got quite a hefty a lot of stack. Yeah. Well, you know, I've got a normal size nightstand. Who wants to see the wood on it? Uh, but to talk about things that are quick to kind of piggyback off of what Rachel, um, when I was in college, I did a lot of, I focused on poetry as my English majory thing. So I've actually picked up my, my girl, Anne Sexton, um, and I've been reading the complete poems of Anne Sexton as something that, so she's big confessional poetry, lots of feelings, lots of, so I, obviously as a 20 year old, when I first got into her, I really, I was like, oh, she spoke to me. And um, I've just kind of, I've gone back to that now. So I definitely recommend just poetry in general. Um, is just a way to kind of really find someone who can express a lot of feelings. And she had, Anne Sexton was a woman who dealt with a lot of, a lot of issues. Uh, she had a lot of mental health problems. She ultimately did die uh, via suicide, um, which just, it's very sad. Uh, but just reading her works again, now that I'm a mother and seeing um, all of the struggles that she had with just trying to have it all in this time where, as Rachel said, we are teaching our children at home and trying to do all of this and just really changing up our roles, I'm finding her works to be sad yet comforting. So I definitely think that find your favorite poet. And for me right now, I'm, I'm really feeling Anne Sexton. I've heard, I feel like I've heard other like podcaster friends talk about poetry as a good way to like, kind of like what Rachel said, like short, snippets of reading at a yeah. time you can kind of focus on yeah and just really big oh i think we might i think she might have froze again <laughs> sorry we'll get her back in a second uh jill you want to do an hour we're waiting for megan done for sure so um speaking of our podcast episode last week Something that Maria recommended and Emma had also read was Sadie by Courtney Summers, which I checked out while we were recording <laughs> and immediately started reading. It was so good. Um, and this is the one where it is about a girl, Sadie, who has gone missing and there's a true crime podcast happening. Um, and so the book is told um, kind of in two stories where one is what happens to Sadie like Sadie's from Sadie's point of view is she's sort of going along um and where she is and what's happening and then also there is the transcript from the podcast episodes um of 
this guy who is sort of trying to figure out what happened to Sadie. And it, it was really good. It went super quick. I loved the format of going back and forth between Sadie's story and then the podcast because the podcast guy was always just like a little bit behind her in terms of um, like she would talk about being at a particular place, talking with people, and then like two quote unquote, like episodes later, he would have caught up with that. And so you're kind of hearing from different perspectives about who she was and what she was doing and how other people interpreted her actions. Um, yeah. So that was really good. So I'm really glad that they recommended that on the episode because I remember hearing about it when it came out a couple of years ago and never got around to reading it. Um, but I'm glad I did. So that's uh, Sadie by Courtney Summers. Yeah. Really good book. Yeah. Really did you good. read it or do the audio? Because I, I listened to the audio and loved it. I might have to, I read it. I might have to go mm. back and listen to the audio um, because I feel like that's one that would be really good yeah. as an audio book. I mean, it, it is a podcast. So yeah. it even, it's got the music and everything. Like, yeah, it's a good one. I've relocated. So hopefully I don't. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we actually, we got to watch Megan go on a, a little journey through the house. <laughs> yeah, it's a tiny little house tour. Um, yeah. Uh, but actually, you froze at like a perfect time right at the end of your description. Yeah, exactly. No, it was fine. Um, all right, my first one, I am re-listening to something as well. I'm re-listening to The Starless Sea, but I'm not going to talk about that because Jill and I, have, that's like one of the three books where I feel like has been mentioned every other week now. Um, the audiobook is amazing. Uh, but the new book that I just finished is Deacon King Kong by James McBride. Ooh, that's on my TBR. Yeah, I we previewed it in the whatever month it came out. Preview time doesn't matter anymore, but um, <laughs> it's really, really good. So what happens is there is this um, alcoholic deacon in this kind of lower class neighborhood in New York, and he uh, gets drunk one day and he goes and he shoots a drug dealer uh, at the kind of flagpole where everyone gathers and you see what unfolds from there and you learn everybody's individual stories. So it's this community where they don't have a lot of money, but they're extremely tight knit where there's um, early in the morning, the older people in the community go down and they all congregate around the flagpole and they have like coffee and donuts every morning that are provided to them by the church. And it's the same place that the drug dealer does all of his deal, like sells all of his drugs. But like the drug dealer, despite selling drugs, has these like, he refuses to sell drugs until the older people are gone. And like, he won't sell to people who appear to be addicted. And like, it's just like, it's weird. Everyone has these, these morals despite doing immoral things. Um, and you learn about these like mafia bosses and these people who come and go from the from the community and all of these different um, characters that are just phenomenally well-written and well-rounded. And um, you learn that the reason he, the name of the book is Deacon King Kong is because the main character goes by the name Sport Coat uh, because he is always wearing a sport coat. Pretty straightforward on that one. Uh, but he, the um, moonshine that one of his friends makes, they all call it King Kong. And so they call him Deacon King Kong because he's always drinking. And um, there's like, it's a little bit of a ghost story in the sense that his wife had dies like the very first pages of the book and he talks to her as a ghost, but you're not, you don't really think anyone else can, you're not sure if it's the alcohol or what's going on, but it's basically just like the story of what happens and what unfolds after 
he shoots this drug dealer who not only is he a drug dealer, but he also had grown up in the community and like the sport coat was his uh, baseball coach. And like that literally every single person has a connection to everyone else. And it's really, really good. Um, I absolutely loved it. It kind of reminded me about a, a little bit of some various places in Lorraine where I grew up, like some less fortunate, but extremely close knit um, communities. So yeah, Deacon King Kong by uh, James McBride is I think the only book that I have that came out relatively recently. <laughs> uh, Rachel, you want to wait? Yeah, Rachel, right? That was the order we went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, a book I read earlier this year that I read in one night and fell in love with was *Rust: A Memoir of Steel and Grit* by Elise Collette Goldbach. Megan, you did you read that one? Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I was, um, thanks to Macmillan for the advanced review copy, because I read that one, I think in January before it came out in Mandatory March. reading for all Rust Belters. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought it was very well written. And I know for me personally, I had a pretty strong connection to it because it's about a woman who gets a job at the ArcelorMittal steel plant here in Cleveland, Ohio, and... I can see the flame from the steel mill from my bedroom window and have lived within close distance to there my entire life. And my dad worked there for many years. So you get, you know, her personal experience as, you know, a young woman in her thirties working with all these, you know, grizzled people that have worked there for years. And she's working there during the 2016 election period too. So sort of getting that social commentary about life working in, you know, in a Rust Belt town and, you know, people, how they responded to the election at that time based on what was being said and then based on things that happened after that that didn't happen as promised, to say it gently. <laughs> and I was surprised how much I loved hearing the history of the steel mills as well, because she gets into that quite a bit in a very, because um, I mean, you know, that's the normally the sort of thing I wouldn't necessarily enjoy hearing, you know, detailed histories of things like that, but she tells it in a way that's really accessible and made me very interested in the topic. And I felt like I learned a lot about our city and, you know, the terrifying <laughs> work they do there and the stories of people that have died and how just dangerous it is. But it gets into her backstory as well as, as you know, a young kid and then, a, you know, some experiences she has in college. But yeah, I definitely recommend it for anyone that lives in Cleveland or the Rust Belt, but um, also any fans of books like Educated or Hillbilly Elegy, any of that just real personal memoirs about. Yeah, and also like uh, Jamesville by Amy Goldstein. Uh, if you read that, that's about the, like the, town from the last truck mm -hmm. of it so definitely um, heartland by sarah smarsh too yeah mm -hmm. i love that this will be for really only people that listen in this area but like when you mentioned the the fact like seeing the flames from like all three of us like nodded like mm -hmm, yep mm -hmm. exactly what you're referencing mm -hmm. i have a photograph on my wall in my living room of downtown from the steel which so you could see the flames and then downtown right behind it. Is so. the star out? Is it like, is it during the, the star is not out. Cool. Um, for, for, for listeners, for, for whatever, I've never, I'm, I'm, I don't know if there's a story about it or anything, but like during the holiday season, 
this steel mill is it's, it's, it's huge, huge. It's huge. massive and they hang this like lit up star between two of the um, like smokestacks I guess mm -hmm. you call them, during the holidays and it's like it's weirdly inspiring to drive to work in the morning when it's pitch black and see it and I'm like hmm that's delightful there's a lot of smog but it's delightful <laughs> Um, Megan, you it smells like sulfur, but it's it delightful. does. <laughs> yeah, when I'm on 490 for approximately 40 seconds, because 490 is like three miles long. Yeah, uh, I can smell the plant. Mm -hmm. uh, regional traffic talk. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> for for the for our Cleveland-based listeners, you can all nod along, and everybody else, thank you for indulging us. Uh, I right. miss my drive. <laughs> I know. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. So, boy, what what to follow that with? I think um, for something completely different, uh, what I've been also leaning a lot on right now are rom-coms uh, because by the end of the day, my brain is kind of mushy and I still want that. I'm actually not watching. I'm the only person on the planet that got the screen time report from their phone on Sundays and it said you're down 25%. Oh, so I am not. I know. No. I don't know what I'm doing because I feel like I'm on my, but I guess I read on my iPad. So my phone doesn't know, but also like I'm not, I don't tend to be on it when I'm, I'm with my little person for so much time. <laughs> She's wonderful. I love her. Uh, the end. But I'm going to go with a rom-com that's going to be coming out soon. So you said this, if this is coming out like in the next couple of days, it still won't be out yet. But it's the new Christina Loren. So for those who are big, it's called The Honey Don't List. Boom. Um, and it is for fans of, uh, if you watch HGTV um, and you're familiar with a certain Chip and Joanna uh, games, it's about two people who are assistants to a Trip and Joanna Gaines-esque couple who are perfect in real, like in front of the cameras, but in real life, they absolutely hate each other and they're terrible to work for. And is a huge like stan of Chip and Joanna. I hope this, they're not like this in real life. Um, but this is the, the story of their two assistants who have to deal with the keeping the, their boss's relationship looking perfect for all the cameras while, of course, cozying up to each other as well. Uh, so it is fluff and fun and well-written. And uh, if you enjoy the, their other books, which I thought The Unhoneymooners was one of my favorite books last year. Um, and I say they because it's two people. <laughs> uh, not, uh, so uh, if you like their other books, then I uh, definitely will enjoy this one, especially if you are a fan of those home improvement shows and just reality relationships in general. That sounds good. Yeah. I have, a, I have an advanced copy that's physical. Otherwise, I'd let you borrow it. You could try to shove it into my computer, I guess. But <laughs> it'll be out soon. Fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Uh, my next one is not light and fluffy. So I recently read um, A Little Life by Hanya Yanagiara, I think is how you pronounce it, which came out like five years ago. I was way behind on this one. Um, 
<laughs> not light and fluffy, but it's really good. Um, so I never read it um, because one, I don't read a lot of literary fiction and two, it's like 700 pages. It's long. It's very long. Um, and so I just, it's one of those books and I knew it dealt with really difficult topics. I didn't know specifically what those were. And so it was one of those things where I, I feel like you have to be in the right time frame, like right state of mind and have a lot of time. And so I thought, well, I have a lot of time right now. Let's read this book. And then I read it in two and a half days because it's so well written. But um, so it is about a group of uh, friends, guy friends, there's four of them. Um, and it spans, I think, like 30 or 40 years from the time. Well, more than that, but it it spans mostly from the time when they meet in college up through, you know, like into adulthood and all that stuff. And they're in like their fifties at the end. And these, the three guys kind of center around um, the fourth, whose name is Jude. You don't know a lot about Jude. Um, His story sort of unfolds very slowly, sometimes agonizingly slow because he's had some really awful things happen to him. And you know that he's had awful things happen, but you don't know what all those things are. It sort of builds out over the course of these 700 pages. And, oh God, I can't even, I like got done with this book. I'm like, I need, I don't know. It's just so heavy, but it's so heavy in a way that's written really exquisitely well that it's, it's, it's one of those like how to describe the book because of the topics it deals with. But also I read it in seven, like in two and a half days. So it's definitely a book that, for me at least, was very engaging despite the topics. And um, yeah, so I'm, I'm glad I finally got around to reading it because it was, it was incredible, but not light and fluffy. <laughs> yeah, I heard so many good things about that one, but my brother made me promise I wouldn't read it. Because he thought I would be too upset by it for whatever reasons. I don't know why. So it must have something to do with the terrible things that happened to Jude. But he was like, don't read this. Please, please don't. And there's like a lot of terrible things that happened to him. And the thing about it, which she doesn't necessarily shy away from the topics. Like she goes into some detail but at other times, she doesn't go into a lot of detail. So you're also left like imagining the worst possible things that are probably worse than you can even imagine because she does describe some really terrible things. And so it's this, um, yeah, I could see how for certain people, this is probably not a good book for them to read just because of the topics that get addressed in it. Yeah. Um. My next one is based off of something I've been watching. So I went on to Disney Plus. Here's a TV recommendation for people. Uh, and over the past couple of weeks, I watched the Imagineering story, the documentary mm-hmm. about the creation of Disney World and Disneyland and like the Disney Empire. And it is for a person who is a nerd about Disney, um, not just like the movies and shows and stuff, but like how I always love the background information about what, how like a ride is created and like all those articles like io9 will do articles when like the wizarding world creates a new ride and you like get to see the back end stuff the imagineering story is all about all of that so like there's these really cool stories about how the haunted mansion works and space mountain and like all this really cool stuff and after i finished it um it based the 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 docu the like the, the it basically it starts 
at the end of Walt's life, more or less. Like the first episode is really about him building the stuff, but then it moves beyond him. So I wanted to go back and reread uh, The Animated Man, which is The Life of Walt Disney by Michael Barrier. I think I, I talked about it like years and years ago, but it's just really, there's a, you know, countless biographies about Walt Disney, but I personally think this one is the best because it doesn't shy away from the things that are less great about Walt Disney. Um, it gets into the positives and the negatives of him as a person and a family member and a business owner and kind of everything in between. And you get to see all of the things that all the risks that had to be taken and all the things that had to go right for Disney to be what it is today. Because when you know you think about Disney now and basically anything they touch at this point is gold, but if they were to make a movie now that didn't make money, they would just be a write-off. Whereas when they were first starting, like Walt basically put everything he had into Snow White. And like, if it hadn't have worked, it, the company wouldn't have existed. Like he mortgaged his houses multiple times and all these things. Um, so it's just really, really interesting to see where all of that came from. And so uh, something I've been able to read lately are nonfiction about things that I already know a fair amount of, so like that, and kind of flipping through stories from the Jim Henson biography by Brian J. Jones. It's like stuff that I already have a lot of information on, so I can kind of casually remember stories sort of a thing. So if you're a fan of Disney and want to know how it all started and came to be, um, The Animated Man is really, really good. Have you read Street Gang yet? I have not. It's about Sesame Street. Well, uh, now. Came out, gosh, probably about... This is definitely not a new rec because I read it when I was in grad school. So I don't know, well, over 10 years ago. We'll put it mm. that way. Uh, and I cannot remember who it's by, but it's called Street Gang and it's about the founding of and all of that of Sesame Street. And it's delightful. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah good book. Thrown onto my list as well. Uh, Rachel, you got another one for us? Yeah, I do. Um, one I read earlier this year that I really enjoyed, but kind of had mixed feelings about that I think was very interesting was The Farm by Joanne Ramos. Did anyone else read I, that yes. one? Yes. Yeah. Well, so, I, I read an advanced reader's copy of that where clearly they changed the name of one of the characters. This is a quibble mm. that I have that no one else will have, hopefully. But there is one sentence where they refer to this one character by the name Linda and Linda doesn't exist anywhere else in the book. And it really confused me. I had to read that paragraph over and over and over again because Linda opens a door and I was like, who the heck is Linda? <laughs> and yeah, but otherwise, great book. Just, it's an advanced reader's problem. Yeah, I think that maybe when I read the reviews about this one, I might've had gotten the wrong idea or didn't maybe agree with the comps they put it out with. Cause I was under the impression that this was going to be like a dystopian type novel. Yeah. Cause it's basically about, you know, this, you know, this woman who's a Filipino immigrant and she ends up becoming a surrogate mother at this place called golden Oaks, which is like a, you know, fancy, almost spa like place in the Hudson Valley where like the 1% pays people a bunch of money to have babies for them and it's I was expecting more of like a Handmaid's Tale vibe when really it more I thought it related more to like a little fires everywhere type story like 
I was like, this happens now, you know, this isn't like a futuristic thing. Like I guarantee you, you would not be able to convince me there aren't places like this right now. <laughs> you know? yeah, I read so, that book while I was on maternity leave and got really hung up on the fact that there was this like magical night nurse character. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, I want her. <laughs> I want this woman because I am so tired. <laughs> Basically like women, um, you know, surrogates, they go through, you know, a pretty rigorous screening process, but if they get approved to become like the hosts, they have to live at this place throughout their entire pregnancy and they're like closely monitored, you know, every single thing they eat, everything they do, they can't leave. And it's, you know, they're getting paid. I forget the exact amount of money they get paid, but it was, you know, six figures, a ton of money. So for, you know, somebody like a Filipino immigrant, this kind of thing is life changing. But it also goes into the struggles, you know, they have to be separated from their families and their own children for nine months. So it's sort of, and, you know, they get treated like, well, you know, this is such an amazing opportunity. How could you complain about not being able to see your child? You're getting all this money. So there's a lot of like, you know, class disparity and the character development, I think was what really struck me. It was very interesting to get to know the different women and I did like it. I liked it a lot, but I think if you go into reading it, don't expect a dystopian novel like I was because it is not. <laughs> I got an advanced copy of that book and stopped reading it because of that, because I was also yeah. expecting something more dystopian. And I was like, this is not what I thought it was. So yeah. we're just going to stop reading it. Did yeah, you also like, get caught up on the Linda thing? Or was I don't it just think I even made it that far. Okay. I mean, like, <laughs> once it became clear to me that this was not what I was expecting, I'm like, I, no, thank you. I'm not interested in what it actually is, which is, I mean, that's fine. That's just not what I was looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Like I kept waiting for like some horrible, like twist to come out of the form. I think that was why I kept reading it. Cause I was like, well, it's going to happen here. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? And the book was over. And I was like, okay, did I like that? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. It was not the book I thought I was reading. So I yeah. think if into it don't expect a dystopian book and even like I was reading some reviews afterwards and people said that like I picked this up without even reading the description and loved it so I think that helped so I think if you pick it up and aren't expecting any crazy dystopian stuff you would like it (laughs) interesting Mm -hmm. Megan you got another one for us I do I do and I'd like to like uh put out a correction time doesn't exist anymore as we've like covered already yes, yes. uh the book that i recommended the honey Do- ha- is out <laughs> it is i don't know like i was looking at apparently march 24th will be forever in the future for it's me. A, i asked my wife yesterday if it's tuesday and she said yes and then this morning she came downstairs and i asked her if it's tuesday again and she looked at me and was like you messing with me because you asked me that yesterday so yeah it, it's a flat circle yeah so it's not, you can read it right now. And I, oops. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, my next one, again, for something that is a little what, weird and not dystopian per se, but uh, for fans of horror-ish books, I'm going to recommend The Return by Rachel Harrison. Uh, on the podcast recently oh did you talk about this book already then um no please keep okay well um it's well if i guess 
listeners of the podcast, you listen a lot, should already know about this book, but uh, it, I have not been so like creeped out by a book in a long time for one that isn't like, it is definitely horror, but it's not as like in your face as a, a Stephen King fan, like it's not a Stephen King-esque. It's not like Joe Hill. It's not a, like, if you're even, it's more of the, if you've read the the Cabin in the Woods, just like, but not that violent, um, just a like really uncomfortable book and about this woman who's, who disappears. And uh, she has this group of girlfriends uh, who are very invested in her disappearance and suddenly she comes back. She's been gone for two years and she returns, but she's not the same. And there's something weird about her. She's real, just kind of twitchy and skinny and kind of just off. So they all decide to go on this girl's trip to the middle of nowhere with this friend who claims to not be able to remember anything from the last two years and is just off and weird and I just you sit there with this book and I don't I may be a weird thing to read while you're stuck in your house but (laughs) (laughs) um but it's just like it's just there's something and it's just tense it is a tense tense but but really good Mm -hmm. um and I cannot recommend it enough for people that like a good creepy uh, finger down your spine kind of read of just what is going on? And you just spend the whole book wondering that and, and doing the classic, like watching a horror movie, like don't go in the closet. Like they're going on this trip and you're like, why, why? Like, why don't you zoom? Zoom is great. Let's all zoom. I can, uh, two things. One, we're like nine months away from zoom horror movies being a real thing. And, um, also I can tell you, Rachel, she told me when I interviewed her, like she listens to basically every episode and she was like, I'm such a big fan of you and Jill's. So she's definitely listening to this and I'm sure she very much appreciates you giving her some love. She's All right. Well, human. it's a, it's a great book. And uh, the person who gave it to me does not like horror. So he didn't read it, but. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Jill's. Yeah. I have one more I can talk about. Um, so this is, I haven't started it yet, but it's going to be a reread for me. Um, and it's The Selection by Kira Cass. And Love it. It's, yeah. So they just announced, I think earlier this week that Netflix is turning it into, I think a TV show. <gasps> There's a baby now on screen that you guys can't see, but There's she's so cute. Baby on the screen. <laughs> oh. Um, so The Selection is YA. It is. The best way I can describe it is like YA, the bachelor in a kingdom kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Where um, there is a prince, Prince Maxon, and he has to pick a bride. Um, and it is 35 girls from within this kingdom. That's a caste system. And so America is one of the 35 girls who gets to go live in the palace um, and try to in the heart of Prince Maxon. And if you have watched The Bachelor, it's very much like The Bachelor in terms of like the the like the girls um competing, there's some like cattiness. Um 
you know, it's just, it's such a, it's a, I enjoyed it. It was a fun read when I first read it. It's part of a series. So yeah, there's a ton of them. There's a ton of them. There's a new one coming out in May, I think, um, called The Betrothed. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to reading. Yeah. It's one that you can really, if you enjoy the first trilogy, there's like a spinoff trilogy. Mm -hmm. There's half books. Right. You can, you can invest quite a bit of time. (laughs) Oh man. I like lost my train of thought when your baby came on. Um, Sorry. Sorry. Well, she came on. I don't, again, no one can see this, but she apparently has a can of soup, like a a toy can of soup that she's walking around with right now that I have no idea where she got it. Yeah. Like none. Um, Speaking of rereads and older books, my two, again, I mentioned I've been grabbing small snippets of stuff. Um, So my first one is Bullfinch's Mythology. I've been pulling little stories from here and there. It's basically um, like the first popular version of Greek and Roman mythology for English speakers. And it's really, really old. Um, But if you are a fan of mythology and you just want like a really good collection, you can get the full collection on, it's on Overdrive and Libby. Um, I have one of those like, quote unquote, fancy Barnes and Noble leather bound ones that are, aren't actually fancy because they're like $19 because they're not in copyright. So Barnes and Noble is just making 100% profit off of those. Um, we have several of those types of books and it's just nice to like pull one out and just read a random story from mythology. It's like a nice little, like we were talking about earlier, like, oh, I can't focus for more than 15 minutes before I go to bed. So that's, that's been nice. And then the, the leaning in thing, the, the Joe move that I pulled is I read um the mask of the red death by edgar Allan poe which oh wow well i our friends at reading glasses i think they did like a a book club with it and i was like that's not a bad idea and i have the complete like another one of those other books i have a complete edgar Allan poe collection i was like you know what i'm gonna do a jill and see if i can so really it's one of his better i love it and so that was nice to like like i knew what was going to happen so i wasn't like too pandemic uh nervous i suppose so um those are really good to, to go back and read how about since we're going a little long how about rachel and megan we'll let you each do like one more like kind of rapid fire and then we can sort of wrap it up um yeah sure and a really great audiobook that i listened to recently was a book that came out last october and it was um a memoir called Life Undercover by Amaryllis Fox. I know this was pretty big last year, so not sure if anybody else read that, but it's basically about a woman who is in, joins the CIA at the age of 21 and gets recruited. And it's about her life growing up and all of the fascinating, crazy adventures she has as a CIA agent. And I'm obsessed with anything spy and CIA related. That's sort of like espionage is kind of my genre, if you will. So this was interesting to hear, you know, the personal stories about her life in Karachi stopping nuclear bombs and then in Southeast Asia. And it was, you know, like you almost forget that you're reading, listening to a true story and not watching Homeland. So it was great, you know, I think it would be a good escapism story right now to hear about an interesting life like this, but I was laughing when I finished it because it also made me kind of feel like a giant trash person who has accomplished nothing in her life <laughs> because like all this stuff that she did by the time she was like 25, I was like, Oh, wow. 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 You know, so <laughs> oh, yeah. So it was one of those memoirs, you know, that you're like, Oh my God, this is so fascinating. She's the coolest person alive. I will never be one 
one thousandth of what she is, but that's okay. You know, I'm happy with my life. <laughs> but definitely, I highly recommend the audiobook. She narrates it herself and did a fabulous job. And it was a pretty quick listen. So definitely check that one out and try not to feel too bad about yourself. <laughs> uh, Megan, you got one last quickie for us. All right. Well, I uh, watched Tiger King like every other human on the planet, apparently. Um, and then put together a Tiger King read-alikes list last week that uh, maybe your library is featuring, maybe not. Um, but it has gotten me into some like fun, weird things. Um, and so for that, I'm, my last one's going to be Broken Faith Inside the World of Faith, Word of Faith Fellowship, one of America's most dangerous cults uh, by Mitch Weiss and Holbrook Moore. And uh, so this is about a, like a cult that is still operating today. But what is interesting about this is it's actually run by a woman. Uh, which I loved know, that one. Yeah, Megan. yeah, oh, so, so good. <laughs> and uh, so, like, to focus on kind of the aspects of uh, Tiger King that are not related with animals, but just related with cults and weird things and all that. Uh, so this one just came out a couple months ago, um, but and it's not like while it's there's no. It's, so it's one of these like true crimes that isn't murder heavy, which is also nice. But it is like there's a lot of bad things that happen. Uh, there, but it's still operating today, and I totally recommend if you're in the mood for a really great cult book with a female cult leader. Um, so, and also to try to find my Tiger King read like this. <laughs> well, I'm gonna go look for that now. <laughs> yeah, that's such a gel book. It's like yeah. so, your alley. so good. Yeah, and I have a physical one that I will try to shove through my computer for you. That's good. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Um, that's awesome. Uh, Jill, anything we missed or need to talk about that you can I don't think so yeah because big library read is wrapped up and Harry Potter at home is still going on literally tens of thousands of people are borrowing the first Harry Potter book every day which is wild next Um, week is library ALA library week so love on your librarians yeah oh and we'll have um, an announcement on our blog about a fun thing you can do to help support um, through some cool swag that we have available so I mean you three all know about it because I sent slack messages to the whole company but externally people don't um okay well this this episode had middle grade recommendations we had babies we had cats we had everything so i hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the professional book nerds podcast thank you bye Bye. be safe everybody readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in marketplace professional book nerds is proud to be an evergreen podcast signature program to learn about other evergreen podcasts visit evergreenpodcasts.com our podcast is produced recorded and edited by adam sokol and jill grunewald and presented by rakuten overdrive for more information visit professionalbooknerds.com Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.